Okay. I'm now joined by Doctor. Is that if Doctor Whoever? Or Doc, whatever you want to call him. All of the above. Hello. Um, do you wanna go ahead and describe Rasp for us? Um yeah. Am I just I'm describing it's the backstory, right? So he's uh yes. what does Rasp look like? Oh, Oh, um, well, he, right, how far back are we? Where are we at right now? Um, let's start Rasp at age seven. Okay, yeah, so he's, um, he's going to be kind of small, like five foot, no, yeah, five foot, brown hair, uh, blue eyes, Freckles. Uh, he's always Are wearing. They freckles, Are they freckles? They seem like freckles right now. To start with, um, he's always wearing a long sleeve shirt and like a a short sleeve over, and um, he's got baggy pants. Ooh, nice shoes. That two thousands look. Yeah, MC Hammer. Don't can't touch this. <laughs> he's got style. What can I say? Oh. Rasp grew up in the capital. And his mother was a researcher. Um she she's probably told you this story, but how she met your father in the wilds on a researching journey and Shortly after you and your um, twin sister were born, he just disappeared. You don't know who he is, what he looks like, anything like that. But you guys um, live very modestly. Um, but what does Rasp? little rasp do on a daily basis what does he like so uh <laughs> whenever his um mom's home he's just playing with his sister but as soon as his mom leaves he likes to uh he likes to leave the house and go find his friends that uh live down at the orphanage that uh are really his only friends and he um he helps uh a well-known thief who goes around and steals and gives things to the orphanage and he goes around and kind of partakes in the activity to help his friends okay. um yeah so just kind of hanging out um this man you don't you never really asked his name. He has never given it to you. But there's one day there. he just comes up, ruffles your hair. He's like, those new kid? Like, as what? he's ruffling your hair. Yeah, what about him? You said those new kids? Just you. Oh, just you, kid? Oh. 
Like, yep. Singular kid. I, 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 I'll, I'll swat his hand off my head and be like, yep, I'm here today. Really interested in what you are. Never seen a human with horns before. Oh, uh, I'm, um, touch the little studs that have been growing on my head. They're like, you, um, Notice? Hard not to. God. The mother doesn't take... take too happy to these. So I try to hide them. Let me tell you. Don't ever let anyone tell you what you... who you are. Embrace them. Uh, I'm just gonna smile and look up to him. All right. And we next see you uh, in the bathroom of your house. And you're looking in the mirror. You can see these little um, copper-colored flecks growing on your cheeks. And um, you can see them on your arms as well. Um, I'm just you know, start... your mother does not approve, probably the best <laughs> word for that, of them. Yeah, so, um, I'm gonna be touching the, the scales on, on my, on my face and my, my arms. And kind of try to, um, pull the ones that are on my wrist away, you know? like pick at them see if i can take them off and i would just be taking out as many as i can in the mirror yeah so you do this and they do start like as you're like picking off it does start to bleed a little bit but you've been doing this for ever since you first noticed them so like that doesn't bother you anymore um but you know it bothers your sister um as you're so you like just wrap your wrist with a bandage and kind of head on out but she's stopped you like why are you doing that again do you know why I do this I have to. No, you don't. You're just my weird big brother. Um, they make uh, you who you are. I'm gonna ruffle her her hair, and really, I'm gonna be feeling for horns. And um, I don't feel anything, right? Nope. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm your weird little brother, or I'm your weird older brother. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. If you say so. And then we fast forward a couple years. So Rasp is now age 10. Um, and your horns have grown to the point you can't hide them with your hair anymore. Um, 
I'm be trying on hats and hoods. Kind of like the the cloak that uh, the thief would wear. And see if any of those would help me. And obviously, no, they wouldn't. No. The, your horns are too far apart for a hat, and when you put on a hood or a cloak, they just still, you can still see the bumps of them on there. Which, on the street, it wouldn't be bad, but you know your mother would notice. And as you're trying them on, she comes home from work and just sighs looks at you and says get out what what do you you mean get out (laughs) I mean get out you're not welcome in this house anymore I can't have an abomination for a son Get out. Um, he's just gonna look down at the ground and drop the cloak and the hat, not say another word, just tears streaming down his face, and just walk out of the house. Knowing that if he tried to fight his mother, she'd she'd whoop him. He's used to abuse from her and And you, you glance back to, in a last ditch hope that she doesn't just abandon you. And you can see your sister poking her head out of the, of her room, kind of like, with a look that says, please don't go. But you just turn and keep walking. And you head to the only place of solace that you know. The orphanage. Um, I'm not going to look for my little friends. I'm going to go be looking for, for Sir. Be looking for the thief. Yeah, so you spend probably the rest of that evening looking for him but you don't find him um but you know there's times he can be just gone and you don't hear from him so but i think at some point um granny uh, granny frida finds you she's the one that runs the orphanage and somehow she can tell what's happened and she just says you're always welcome come on let's get you a room and she leads you back to the orphanage and gives you a warm meal and a bed to stay in thank you granny and she'll look you in the eye You don't have to hide those here. And I think it takes you a while, but eventually you just embrace your scales and embrace your horns. Yeah. Um, 
um, I would say after maybe not a week or maybe a month, but over time, you see, I, I wouldn't wear the long sleeve shirt. And you can see the scales that have been growing from my wrist up to my shoulder. Um, I would probably style my hair more in a way to where my horns would be seen. And like I can hide them, but style it around them. Yep. And... So we fast forward a couple years. Um, Rasp is now 18 years old. He's been kind of doing these just odds and end jobs to help the orphanage get by. Um, so it's easier for them to get food, to get blankets, um, pay the bills, things like that. Um, and you have done a couple jobs where you've had to so you're not proud of what you've had to do for them but you did what I had to for the orphanage yep and one day um this your usual employer comes up to you and be like kid we got a got a job for you what do you say you know the deal, let's hear it. Just need you to get rid of this bag over here, nice and discreetly. How much? For how much discretion and no questions? I'll say. 20 coins. Up front? Half now, half later. That's how it always works. Alright. I had to extend my hand for the, uh, for the coin. Half now, half later. Yep. And he hands you ten coins. Right on. Said, get rid of it however you see fit. Just don't want to see it in the city again. Got it. I'm gonna look over at the. It's just a sack, right? Just a bag. Yes. Okay. Is it on anything, or is it just a bag? Um, it is just a very oblong bag. Got it. Black okay. bag with a zipper. Alright. Alright. And, um, I'm, uh, I'm gonna go, and I'm just gonna drag it out back to the back of the, uh, church so it's not out on the side. We go get a wagon. I wanna carry this thing. Yeah, as you're dragging it, it's pretty heavy, actually. And it takes quite a bit for you to drag it. So even just like that short distance around the corner. <sighs> Alright, so I'm gonna be panting. <laughs> Deep breaths. Well, yeah, I'm gonna try to um, get a wagon and so I can uh, pull it, cover it, and pull it on a wagon. 
so I don't have to carry it all the way. Yeah, um, you know the orphanage does have um, a small little wagon that mostly it's used for like the little ones to play in, but like you also use it when you have to like run to the market or something too. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one I want. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna toss it in there and um, cover it up with a blanket, and I'm gonna take it to our. Uh, I believe me, me and the thief would have Noah's spot down in the sewers to uh, to dispose of unwanted items. Yeah, so you head down there. Um, not the best smelling place that you've ever been to, but you know. It kind of is what it is. And you, as you're coming in, you see just like piles and piles of unwanted and like you probably brought some other items down here for this guy. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you know the cops ain't gonna come down here. So, just throw uh, it on top of one of the body. On one. Jesus. Oh, oh, God. Oh, <laughs> on top God. of one of the piles. Um, <laughs> before, before I do that, uh, I do, my curiosity isn't going to get the better of me. Because knowing full well, I probably have an idea of what it is. I'd want to. to uh, to crack open the bag a little bit just to see. Yeah, so inside you see a whole bunch of hands. Just hands. Oh god. I'm gonna close the bag and um, tip it into the the pile. Um, and it just kind of rolls down a little bit and it's close enough to the water that you hear the splash from it falling in. And you know it's never going to be found again. So <laughs> I'll be gagging a little bit because uh, I think those hands probably would throw me off. Never seen a dead body before, let alone a severed hands. <coughs> Fuck. Okay. Twenty gold, and I'd make my way back. I would like to specify it's not this. It's like the currency in the rift is just coins. Coins. Sorry. Twenty just coins. coins. Twenty coins. Turn up. Turn and head out. Head back. Trying yeah. to forget. And you meet back up with this guy. And he's like, Did you get rid of the bag? It's gone. It's my boy. And the, he hands you ten more coins. Pleasure doing business. 
and um, I'm just gonna walk away. I don't wanna talk to this guy. Yeah, so I think you head back to the orphanage and you just give the coins to Granny, like you usually do. Here, Granny, here's my, my month's pay. They, they really give you this much at, at the market for work, just hauling fruit around? Ah, uh, no, I help other people as well, not just haul, hauling fruit. Don't know what we do without you. I believe you guys would make it without me. The kids, oh, ah, the kids would love to take care of this place. I'm sure they would. Uh, and you head on up to your room. And things like this go on for like a few more months. And one day as you're just kind of relaxing in the yard, all of a sudden this little girl with blonde hair, freckles, and green eyes appears in front of you. Don't know where she comes from. She just appears there. Oh, uh, are you from the orphan? Is she how, how is she dressed? Actually, um, she's dressed relatively nicely. Um, she has on this blue dress that goes like just past her knees. Um, no shoes though. Um, and her. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, she looks very clean and well kept. Hello. Are you lost? Mm, nope. Oh. I'm uh, here for you, actually. <laughs> Do you want to join me? I don't know you. Why would I leave? Because you're meant for so much more. I'm going to take a look at the orphanage. Uh, think about what Granny said. But Granny said she needs me. I can't just leave with some kid I don't know. Hmm. What if I told you the orphanage would be taken care of? Then you'd have my interest. Cool. And she reaches out her hand to you. And uh, she's... I would... She looks like she's like 10. Hesitant, very hesitantly extend a finger into uh, girl's hand. Yeah, and as she grabs your hand, everything goes black. Okay, so... As you're blacked out, you start remembering things. Um, and you see this image of 10-year-old Rasp talking with the, um, with the thief, so Mr. Robin Hood. And it's just after you've been kicked out. 
comes up to you and is like, so it finally happened. And he's talking to, to the kid or to me? He's talking to you as 10-year-old rat. Okay. <clears throat> what happened? Oh, yeah, it finally happened. I couldn't hide it any longer. I just told you you shouldn't... You shouldn't hide them. They're who you are. But I... I couldn't just leave my sister. My mom wouldn't let me stay. I did what I had to for her. It always comes a time where you have to do what you have to do. But... Let me make a deal with you, kid. I will give you the power to protect those that you think need protecting. How? What do you say? How? Let's just say I'm more powerful than you could ever imagine. Um, I'll wipe away whatever tears were welling up in my eyes and um, say, okay, okay, uh, I'll take your help. Okay. This is the only time you'll ever get to see this form. No one can know about it. If you tell a soul, our pact is off. Do you understand? Uh, I'm just gonna nod, like, I just nod in uh, emphatically. Yes, yes. Okay, and then smoke fills everything around you. And standing in front of you is no longer this human. It is this man with this bluish green skin bracers around his wrist and a very large stature to him. He says I am the turquoise genie. And with this pact, I give you the power to protect those that you see me protecting. And he reaches his hand out towards you. Um, I'm gonna lean my head forward like he, like he used to uh, ruffle my hair a lot. So I'm gonna lean my head forward and let him touch my head. And he'll just rest his hand on your head and you are just filled with this power and with magic and you can you can see how you'd be able to protect people now 
and the hand comes off your head, but when you look up, he's gone. (laughs) And around your wrist is a single golden bangle. I'm just going to look down at my wrist and and repeat, protect the ones I love. And then everything goes black again and you wake up in the hospital room. Well, I don't. (laughs) Just no words. No, shocked. Well, shit. I, I had a long bond with him. I talked to him for years. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Okay, I'm cool with that. I would just be sitting in my bed, yeah, staring at the the wall. Yep, we'll get to what you see next time. Now we got Santi here, and Hello. you are playing Iktomi. Why don't you go ahead and describe her? Um, this uh, describe uh, what does Iktomi hum- look like? <laughs> uh, her human. Let's rephrase form. that. <laughs> <laughs> Iktomi, uh, Iktomi at the moment looks, uh, she's very pale. She has a uh, white skin, uh, borderline porcelain looking. She has day of the day makeup on. That is, and she has long, uh, long black hair and she's wearing a Victoria dress, a Victorian dress that covers her legs all the way to her feet. And she's wearing a little top hat, like a tiny top hat on top of her head. And she's, uh, and she's quite pretty. Okay. She's about six. Uh, she's about five five. Wanna describe what her bottom half looks like? Oh well, because <laughs> <laughs> what's her race? Oh, she is uh, Etherkin. She looks kind of like a drider. She is uh, imagine a spider centaur. She is from the wrist up. She is a humanoid, but when she gets angry, she opens kind of like a preller face, and she has uh, ah. six legs, and uh, her legs are covered in little tiny hairs. Just imagine the bottom of a black widow, with the even with the the, the little red like hourglass thing and everything. But that, that like when he gets me every time. <laughs> 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 but when she is uh she when she spans her legs she will be around seven feet tall. But I mean six five, but when she's like she kinda like crouches them in to fit under her dress and she's five five when she's in her humanoid form. Okay. So we are on the planet of Geminope. And this plan is very much used as a place for um, adventurers and kind of thrill seekers to 
prove their worth and their might. Um, think of it as like dark forest, like everywhere, pretty much. Like, like haunted and shadowy, or more. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Like Count Dracula's forest type thing. Or the Beauty and the Beast. Or that, yeah, the Forest for Beauty and Beast. That's a good one. I didn't think of that. Um, <laughs> so we are going to start with a young geek, Tomi, and she is with her parents, um, just kind of chilling in the living room of your very Victorian house, and kind of where. Iktomi got her fashion sense from mm -hmm. is her parents. So um, her mother's always wearing these Victorian dresses. Um, father also wears very Victorian esque clothing. Um, but your mother's always the one that when adventures come to your house of residence that they very much put up as like a safety place for them um, your mother's kind of the only one that they'll see and she will come up to you and be like okay dear now I need you to not give away what we are to the venturers it's very important what's wrong with what we are mommy if you want to eat, you must stay quiet about what we are. Do yes, you understand? Yes, mother. And you hear a the sound of like a silver bell that you would know is uh, a venturer's enti entering into your domain. And after a little bit, she says, "Okay." I'm going to answer the door. Do you know what you need to do? Hide? Very good. And... Oh, Tommy's gonna climb up the wall and have the... Pretty much, if there's like an ace event or something like that, she's just gonna climb in it and look from, from it. If that's... Okay. So there probably isn't any AC vents. Okay. It is a Victorian house. Yes. So AC was the thing in Victorian era. Yeah. I apologize. Um, <laughs> but there's some like little like nooks and crannies like up top that are like little like shelves to like put like knickknacks on or something like that. That you can All be right. like out of the view unless if they are specifically looking for you. And... Yes. I need you to roll me a stealth check, please. Seventeen. Okay. So, as you're going there, you see your mother enter into the room, followed by um, three... Um, men, a human, a, um, oh, jeez Louise, a dwarf, 
totally blanked on the word for a minute there. And um, a elf. And she says, Well, I'm glad you made it this far. It isn't too often that adventurers are able to make it to the safety of our house. Um, please have a seat. I will go get things ready for supper. And you see her leave, and they all just kind of take a seat. What do you do? Uh, I'm stealthily get closer to the, as a curious child to, you know, like, take a look. You see your father coming up um, behind them, like, ready to, like, fully attack them. Uh, is this something that Iktomi would have seen before? Probably. And it's also probably something that you've tried to stop before. Oh. Um, okay. Which is why your mother was kind of giving you a yelling before they came in. Okay, or so talking. Iktomi is gonna jump from her hiding place into the into the table and and she's uh yell run run for uh, your lives you just see your father give you this look and then he is going to attack them but the adventurers are ready for it and you just see them take your father and <sighs> soon after they just kind of ignore you um, uh -huh. and they just go into the other room and you don't hear anything coming else coming from in there um, and then I can, I can totally see where that my dad's dead right yes okay She's crying over her dad. She's feeling guilty now. <laughs> uh, and you see the adventurers come back into the room. And they just look at you. But... Where? It's my mom. Wouldn't you like to know? Yes, that's why you told me ask. I can see that you're not like those two were. That, 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 I, they're quite bigger. I guess we can let you live. You don't seem like you'd eat adventurers. No. Good. And then they're just gonna leave. Um, I'm gonna go into the room. You 
you see your mother on the floor. She starts crying because she feels guilty and she's going to kind of like drag uh, both the bodies to the basement and bury them down there to the best of her capability, I believe. Yeah, so you do that. Um, and afterwards, what do you do? Do you just stay in the house or do you leave? It's the, um, I'm guessing I'm a carn ornivore, so I could just survive on like rats and stuff like that instead of eating adventures. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, she's gonna pretty much uh, pick up where her mom left uh, left off, and she's gonna start cleaning up the house, removing like the blood from the from her parents from the ground, making everything like welcoming, and just keep on running the refuge for adventurers for as long as she can. So. Say every once in a while you do get an adventure here and there, but word is spread about this house and how how adventures have disappeared there. Mm-hmm. So you don't really see too much. And because of that, eventually the rats leave. And then no one comes to the house anymore after a while. So after like uh, of like some time of nobody coming into the house anymore, she is gonna um, pretty much, uh, you know, like in the in the Victorian fashion where they put sheets all over everything mm-hmm. before they leave the house, and then she's gonna set it on fire. And like she's gonna leave it, be- like kind of like leaving it behind, so she has nowhere to come back anymore. And she's gonna take her uh, her little harp, and she's just gonna get on the road. Yeah. So you head out on the road, and you just travel from one town to the next. And what are you doing to survive during that time? She's finding the the closest like tavern or uh, town square, and she will perform for places to uh, sleep and for money for food and stuff like that. She's play her harp and sing. Yeah. So why don't you roll me a performance check? Yay! Seventeen. Um, I'd say about 75% of the time in the towns that you get, you'll get rooms for your performances um, and you get enough money to scrape by. Um, you can get a little bit of meat like here and there from like the markets. It's probably not the best meat but it's at least something to keep you going. Um, and one day you 
come to as you're traveling down the road you see a little creature in the bushes as you're traveling in between town mm, does it smell good it smells edible mm. uh, I'm guessing since she's been barely scraping by she's gonna go kind of feral and jump into the on like kind of like a, a stalk into the bushes trying to catch whatever little creature it is yeah so why don't you roll me a stealth roll Twenty-one. Yeah, so you you sneak up on this creature like like a boss. What and what is it? It is a little spider monkey. Oh. And it kind of as you're looking at it, it kind of reminds you of yourself when you're little. This scared little thing just looking to get by. Oh. Big Tommy, sorry. She goes back to her human face and says, Oh. I see. Oh. Don't give me those puppy eyes. Big Tommy's hungry. You're just... made of food. <laughs> it just keeps looking at you with this look of please don't eat me. Uh, I imagine I have some like dry fruits or something on on my pouch that I can handle, or like a leftover peanut or something. <laughs> She's just yeah, gonna you like. Probably, you have some okay. um dried fruit, probably, because like you are an omnivore, but you prefer meat. Um, <laughs> and it just reaches out, grabs it, and starts eating it. She's going to put him down and say, All right, chew now. Chew. And it does not leave. In fact, <laughs> it climbs up on your shoulders. Listen, buddy. Iktomi can barely feed herself. She can't feed you as well. She and doesn't she move. Hands, she hands him another. Her last, like, dry fruit. Uh, so he eats it and and so you probably go find his place to sleep for the night and he disappears but oh, no. uh, to sleep at night she will find two trees and make a, a hammock with her with her uh, with her web as far like a well, kind of like to like fan predators and to make camp as high as possible somewhere. Gotcha. So, um, as you're just kind of like relaxing, getting ready for bed, you see this little guy just like scurry across your web um, and into the trees. Um, you probably think that he's just kind of like was there for the food and now he's gone. Now my food. Mr. Monkey's gone. Big Tom's still hungry. I should have eaten him. Uh, but 
so you go to bed very hungry. But when you wake up in the morning, um, you see the monkey there. And he's just carrying a whole bunch of fruit for you. Fruit? Like, like fresh fruit? Okay. Fresh fruit. She's um, gonna begin. <laughs> mostly, mostly pomegranates and some berries, but that's about. But it's fruit, and you can eat it. Oh, I didn't think you were coming back. Ah, oh, and she starts. She just starts eating it, and she's gonna say, "Hmm, you need a name, Puppy Eyes." Mr. Monkey. He shakes his head. Like, no. No. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> how about a spider monkey? No, that's what you are. Um, Maximilian. <laughs> he just jumps up and down. Well, Maximilian. I am Iktami. Let's be famous together. And she starts playing the harp for him. For the food. And as you play the harp, you see him just start dancing. Oh! She usually plays like really sad songs, but she's gonna play more whimsical so that he has some rhythm to play. <laughs> to dance. <laughs> yeah, so... You just... You have a pet monkey now he just keeps like every time you even would try and tell him just like stay like you can't come with me he just follows you <laughs> um and eventually you make it to uh, a town that you know is primarily vampires mm -hmm. and the uh Duke of the town has invited you to his castle for to give a performance on for dinner. Oh, is there uh, is there somewhere I can buy clothes before I go in there in town? Not for me or clothes. Like I just want to make a little vest for Maximilian, so that he's presentable for for the duke. Yeah, there's there's a little place you can buy him a little vest. Okay. Maybe so she, a little bow tie. So she's uh, she, uh, she's guessing that she's gonna get paid like well to go perform for the Duke, right? So she's gonna yeah. whatever money she was being put she's been putting away, she's gonna spend it in a little bow tie and a little vest and maybe like a little button down shirt for for Maximilian. I'd say you could get him in the vest. Uh -huh. Like before you buy them, you can get them in the vest and the boat, and like a little like bow tie, um, bow tie that like just like ties in the back or something. Uh -huh. It's uh. like a clip on. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> except it just ties instead of clips. Mm -hmm. um, but he does not like the shirt, so you're just like, eh, don't need that. <laughs> but he looks absolutely stunning. Oh, and we're matching colors, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> um, the color of black. <laughs> um, so you go perform 
for the Duke. Why don't you roll me another performance check? This time I'm going to play my uh, harp and the lucimer under my dress. Like, I'm just going to drop it on the floor and kind of like step on it and then play the harp <laughs> and the lucimer at the same time. Do you want to explain what that is for people that might not know? Oh, lucifer, uh, it's like a it's a guitar that you pretty much lay, uh, you sit down and you lay on your lap and you would play it in your fingers, kind of when you play bluegrass. Uh, and that's that's about the best description I have for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great description. Thank you. Um, so yeah, you play it. Uh, I know you've been working on songs. Do you want to sing one? Ah, oh, okay. Uh, I did not promise this is going to be good. Because, <laughs> you know. But should I roll performance anyways? Okay. Yes, still roll me so, performance. So even if I sing horribly, if I roll well, you'll have to like it. Uh, exactly. That is an 11. Oh. <laughs> not your best performance but you know mm. it's okay. still decent enough can i can i get advantage since i have maximilian sure. performing with me <laughs> sure Yay. Twenty-two. Sixteen yeah. plus two. there you go okay <laughs> It's a great show. Oh. So we're singing uh this song and it's kind of, it kind of has like a little scabby to the back, right? And it goes. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> if you only take a bite, only sadness you will find. You will always miss that smile if you dare to take a bite. Only sadness you will find. If you only take a bite, only sadness will you find. Meet you on the other side. And that's all I got. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> <Thank> Loved <you>. it. <laughs> so Thank you, thank you. And Maximilian and and Iktomi Bao at the same time. It's synchronized. Yeah, you're just surrounded by applause. Yay! Um, and afterwards, a servant comes up to you, gives you your gold, and or not, yeah, not your gold, your coin. And after he leaves, and you're just kind of taking a break after performing. This little girl comes up to you, blonde hair, freckles. And green eyes wearing a blue dress that goes just past her knees. And no shoes. No yeah. shoes. No shoes. Sacrilege. <laughs> and she looks at you and says, I like you. Do you want to come with me? Darling, Iktami doesn't do encores. I never said anything about an encore. Hmm. I don't know how far you will get without shoes. You manage. Hmm. Well, Iktomi's a traveler. She goes where her music takes her. 
Well, Where your we? music come with. Mm. She looks at Maximilian. Do you have food? I have plenty of food for you. All sorts of meats and fruits and anything you can desire. Ik tell me will I come, buddy. And she reaches out your hand, her hand to you, and you'll grab it. But as Oops. soon as you grab it, you see everything around you go black. And then after a while, you wake up in a hospital room. That's where we'll end it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yo. Hey guys, it's Doctor here, aka Rasp. I want to thank you for listening to our second episode. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to catch more of us, you can find us at Facebook at Gilded Rose Adventures and on Twitter at Gilded underscore Rose. We also have a Discord. You can find the link in the description below. Alright, we'll see you in about two weeks. Later!